0: Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Sunday, January 7th. Today, we'll be discussing how data sonification is improving earth science communication and accessibility and the opening of Asia's largest natural science museum in North China's Hebei. Plus, we'll delve into the potential revolution in science with the AI quantum computing mashup and pose the question, should endangered turtles have legal rights? All this coverage and more up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. In the realm of science communication, there's a fascinating development known as data sonification. This method uses non-speech audio to convey complex data patterns, potentially revealing unrecognized patterns in large data sets. Charlotte, can you delve into this a bit more?
1: Certainly, Diego. Diego. Data sonification is a powerful tool for interpreting multi-dimensional earth and environmental data streams. It's especially useful in overcoming visual and language barriers in science communication. For instance, it can make complex scientific data more accessible to individuals with visual impairments or those who struggle with numerical literacy.
0: So, we're essentially turning data into sound. Can you give us an example of how this works in practice?
1: Sure. Let's take the field of astronomy as an example. Researchers have used sonification to convert data about celestial bodies into sound. For instance, the frequency, pitch, and volume of the sound can correspond to different data points such as the size, distance, and composition of a star. This can provide a unique perspective on the data and potentially reveal patterns or relationships that might be missed in a visual representation.
0: That's fascinating. It seems like this could be a game changer in terms of making science more accessible and engaging. Speaking of making science accessible, the Paleozoological Museum of China, the largest natural science museum in Asia, has just opened its doors to the public in Baoding, Hebei province. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this museum and what it has to offer?
1: Certainly, Diego. The museum is quite expansive, covering approximately 80,000 square meters, and it's a national level theme museum in the field of natural sciences. The theme of the museum revolves around nature, life, and humanity, with a particular focus on evolution.
0: That sounds fascinating. How does the museum present this theme of evolution?
1: The museum provides a systematic presentation on paleontology and evolutionary biology. It's designed to narrate the stories of natural history and convey the concept that humans and nature are a community of life. This is a significant step in making complex scientific concepts accessible to the general public and fostering a greater understanding and appreciation of our natural world.
0: It's great to see such a large-scale commitment to education and understanding of our natural world. Now in a similar vein of advancing knowledge, quantum machine learning, a combination of two of the most exciting fields in technology, is attracting a lot of attention. Charlotte. Can you tell us more about this and the potential it holds?
1: Certainly, Diego. Quantum machine learning is essentially the application of quantum computing to machine learning. Quantum computers, if built on a large enough scale, could solve certain problems more efficiently than traditional digital electronics. This is due to their ability to harness the unique properties of the subatomic world. This has led researchers to wonder if machine learning, a form of AI where computers spot patterns in data, could benefit from quantum computing.
0: So we're seeing a convergence of these two technologies. What's the current state of this field?
1: There's a lot of interest from both tech companies and academic scientists. For instance, Google, IBM, Rigetti, and IonQ are all exploring the potential of quantum machine learning. Even CERN, the European Particle Physics Laboratory, is experimenting with it. The big question, though, is whether quantum machine learning offers any advantages over the classical variety. While theory suggests that quantum computers could speed up specialized computing tasks, there's still a lack of evidence that this is the case for machine learning.
0: So it's still a largely uncharted territory. Are there any potential applications of quantum machine learning that researchers are particularly excited about?
1: Yes, some researchers are shifting their focus to applying quantum machine learning algorithms to phenomena that are inherently quantum. This is the area where there's been a clear quantum advantage. For instance, a team at MIT ran an experiment on one of Google's Sycamore quantum computers. They simulated the behavior of an abstract material using some of its qubits and analyzed it using quantum machine learning. The technique was found to be exponentially faster than classical measurement and data analysis.
0: That's fascinating. But what are the challenges in this field? It can't all be smooth sailing.
1: You're right, Diego. There are significant challenges. For one, classical data and quantum computation don't always mix well. The process of loading classical data onto a quantum computer and translating it into a quantum state can be inefficient. Also, because quantum physics is inherently probabilistic, The readout often has an element of randomness, which means the computer has to repeat all stages multiple times to get a final answer. Some researchers also argue that speed is not the only metric by which a quantum algorithm should be judged. They suggest that a quantum AI system powered by machine learning could learn to recognize patterns in data that its classical counterparts would miss.
0: It's clear that quantum machine learning is a field with a lot of potential, but also many challenges. Now, shifting from technology to ecology, today we're diving into the world of marine conservation, specifically focusing on the Leatherback Project, an organization dedicated to the preservation of the endangered leatherback turtle. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this project and its founder, Kali Velandurf?
1: Absolutely, Diego. Kali Velandurf, a marine biologist founded the Leatherback Project just before the COVID-19 pandemic. Despite battling health issues, she has been tirelessly working to study and protect leatherback turtles. These creatures have been around since the Cretaceous period, but their populations are now critically endangered. Velanturf and her team have been tagging turtles, studying their habits, and training local indigenous communities in Panama to assist with data collection.
0: It's fascinating how Velanturf is not only focusing on the scientific aspect, but also on policy goals and community involvement. Can you elaborate on
1: that? Certainly. Velandurf is an advocate for the rights of nature law, a radical legal construction that gives nature personhood rights. This law allows any citizen to file a case on behalf of any living system or creature whose habitat is threatened by human activities. The Leatherback Project is also working with fishermen and fisheries to reduce the bycatch of turtles. Additionally, VelenTurf is training local students to conduct their own field research, fostering a sense of ownership and responsibility within the community.
0: That's a comprehensive approach. But what about the challenges they face? I understand that human activity is a significant threat to these turtles.
1: Indeed, Diego. Human activities, such as eating turtles or their eggs, littering their nesting beaches, and developing these areas into resorts and ports, pose significant threats. Climate change is another major concern, as higher temperatures can harm the eggs and create a gender imbalance among hatchlings. The Leatherback Project is also dealing with issues related to new ports being planned in the Gulf of Yoruba, which will disrupt active leatherback turtle nesting waters.
0: It's clear that Velandurf and her team are fighting an uphill battle, but their dedication is truly inspiring. All right, that wraps up our stories for today here at Current Radio and we look forward to bringing you more inspiring stories tomorrow.